But I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for the move of God. I'm so thankful for the things he's helping us do. You know, um, <clears throat> the Lord continually helps me in my life. I was meditating on these things even this morning and just pondering all the things that God does. You know, I can, even in areas, you know, how many know that none of us are going to be perfect? Yeah. Every one of us is going to miss it. And this is why we, we, we need to be open to that. We need to be careful with that, not to get too smug or, 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 or too uh, uh, arrogant when we think that we know something. But all of us can miss it. And I think that if we keep, or not think, I know that if we keep a humble heart and we keep seeking truth, God always leads us even out of our own messes. Amen? And I'm so thankful for that because, man, I, I made a lot of messes in life. Amen? And many of you did too. Praise the Lord. But uh, God is good. And, uh, and his mercy endures forever, and, he, and they're new every morning, amen? And so, so if, we, if we can wake up today, we have another day, and if we didn't, we go to his presence, then that's just as good as well, amen? Actually, that's better, but uh, there is a work for us to do here, amen? Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, today's message is really, uh, it's come out of heart, and it actually goes, they really could have been probably uh, a series, but I, I didn't necessarily plan it that way. So if you can listen to last night's message in Corey, I strongly suggest that you do. I talked about uh, discipleship and what it really means to be uh, uh, disciples of Christ. And, and some of those things kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, cross over into today's message and today's message might cross over a little bit into that but both are very important for us and there's you know uh this 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 uh this idea of following god is an incredibly important thing and i think that we need to understand it better you know um and just like last night this message isn't meant to put us into any kind of condemnation you know it's not meant to make us sad about the way we're living or the way we're doing things but it is meant to instruct us and so if you find yourself at some point feeling convicted or start feeling sad, just know this, that if God's working on, in you, he's working in you for a good thing. So don't get too wrapped up in uh, being sad about it. If you get correction, then praise the Lord, then you go with the correction. Amen. Um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, actually, I, I believe this, any message that doesn't correct us in some level just isn't a good message. We, because it's, you know, I've said this many times, but I, I think it bears repeating that uh, it's not the things that we do right in life that are harming us or keeping us back. It's the things we're doing wrong. Amen. And I haven't met a perfect person yet. And so that, uh, uh, and, and that actually kind of segues into something that I wanted to say to you that was on my heart to say to you this morning, and that's attitude towards spiritual leadership. Amen. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about there is, is, is when we, you know, how we, um, and there's a there's a specific reason I'm saying this. It's not even as much for the because of anybody in here, but this has more to do with something that recently came to me externally from an external source, not about this church. But it just it's one of those things that we need to think about often. Amen. And you know when we're under a teaching, especially if you it's something that's teaching you and feeding you and you think that it's something that that, that is really for you. You know, there, there can be a tendency to exalt the teacher, right? There can be a tendency to exalt the one that you're learning it from. I've learned that as I study and, and I get into different commentaries or read different books by different people, that there's a lot of times where I'm like, you know, this is the one that's right, yeah. right? And there may be a lot of aspects of their lives that are right, but one of the things we have to remember is no humans are perfect, and so we could all miss it in an area. So we need to be very careful about getting into saying things like, and I'm just use myself as an example, although I don't think a lot of people necessarily do this, but don't always say, don't always make the claim, you know, Pastor Jeff says this, or, or, or somebody else says this, amen? Yeah. But, but in that, we don't throw that out either, and it's important for us to understand that. We need to consider what is said, and we need to consider why it's said. And when we do that, even when we hear something that maybe doesn't uh, flow with what we normally think or, or something that's a little bit different, you know, uh, it, it, it's something that we can ponder. It doesn't necessarily have to change us, but it does make us people that are open to what God is doing. Because God hasn't chosen one person to do it all. He's chosen many people to do many different things. Amen? And to understand also that what God is doing in this church, he might not be doing in other churches. But what God is doing in other churches, 
church, he might not be doing in this church either, you know. And I had to learn this as well. Like when I, uh, you know, I use the example when I've traveled abroad and go different places, you know, there's a tendency to just come back with that and say, okay, we got to change everything. But that's not necessarily what God wants us to do either, amen. And all of this actually really works into the message to, today because the message is called Who's in Control, amen. And what we're talking about is we're talking about really lordship in our life. What lordship really means, at least that's my hope or what my plan was. We'll see how it goes. But, but what lordship really is, when we call Jesus Lord, what does that really mean? See, we've almost given Jesus the title Lord like we've given Jesus the title Christ. And when I say we given him, you know, we didn't give Jesus a title Christ, but we look at, we, we look at Christ almost just like uh, another name for Jesus, right? His last name was Christ. But that's not the truth. That's, he wasn't Jesus Christ as far as like I'm Jeff Michener. He was Jesus the Christ. Amen. And, and we understand that Christ means Savior. And, 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 and that's wonderful. But God, you know, we see Jesus called by different names at different times. And that's really uh, uh, gives us an idea of an indication about God is that God refers to himself or relates to himself by who he is, not as much about what, what, just what he's called. And why that's important for us is because it, it helps us understand when we look at, when we say Jesus is Lord, what does that really mean? And I don't think that Christians think about what that means enough. Because it's not just saying Jesus is Lord, like, oh, he's God, he's Lord, you know, da, 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 da. Uh, but when we say Jesus is Lord, what we should mean is that Jesus is my Lord. Yeah. In other words, there's, you know, when I say mine, it belongs to me. It's, it's, it's part of who I am and it, it exists for me. But at the same time, when you put that with Lord, it's not just that he exists for me, but he exists for me to, to, uh, um, to, to, to follow him. Yeah. Amen. To, to make someone Lord of your life is not just as simple as saying, um, oh, I'm going to recognize them as God. Because the Bible tells us that even the demons recognize God as God. They recognize Jesus as Lord. There was no issue with them in doing that. They have to bow down as well. Actually, it tells us about the madman of Gadara. When they came, he was full of demons and the demons cried out from this man and they worshiped God. But that doesn't mean that they get into heaven just because they worship God. And those kinds of things we should really take to heart. Just because we worship God doesn't mean that we get into heaven. What makes us uh, his is when we have given him us. When we make him our Lord. Now, when I say we make him our Lord, it's not like we're making him do something. You know, we've often talked when we talk about salvation and things like that. We often talk about this idea of receiving Christ. Have you received Jesus? Have you received Jesus? You know, have we ever heard that? Have you received Jesus? Have you ever received? And really what we mean by that, if we think about it, or what we should mean by that is, have you received what Jesus has done? Have you, have you accepted that as truth and received it unto yourself? In other words, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Because you can't receive Jesus without making him Lord of your life. And the problem that I see so often, especially in the United States, is people receive Jesus in the sense that they want salvation. Yes, I'll pray a prayer, but they never make Jesus the Lord of their life. Yeah. Now, when you've made someone Lord over your life, if you understand the way lordship works, it means that you relinquish control to them or they have control over you. Now, God has given us that choice and that's a beautiful thing. Now, and I don't want you to get too afraid too far or too, too quickly here either. I don't want you to think, because you're evidently, inevitably going to sit here and hear this message and think, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting that, I'm not, I, I haven't stepped that far into it. And so then you're going to start feeling like a failure. But here's the thing about Lordship, uh, Jesus being our Lord. He didn't require us to, to, just, uh, to just be able to do it all perfectly, all off the bat. All off the bat. You know, he, he gave us a space and time in order to make things right. And so making things right, making Jesus your Lord can be a process. Now, I mean, there's an overall theme of it, like, yes, Jesus is my Lord. And because of that, I'm going to constantly point my life back in that direction. Does this make sense? Yeah. And so as we, as we uh, you know, when we go through our day, we should consider Jesus and what he's doing and what he wants us to do. That's all part of making Jesus our Lord. And really, you can't just make Jesus your Lord one day. 
and, and him be Lord the rest of your life. And what I mean by that is this. It is a conscience, conscience, conscious, conscious, conscious decision to do it daily. It is a daily walk with him. And this is what being a Christian is all about. It's a daily walk. And some days you're going to do it better than others, and that's okay. Some days you're going to be really do it very poorly, and God's okay with that. As long as you don't live a, a lifestyle or have a habit of just doing it poorly. Make mistakes and be okay with making mistakes. And what I mean by that is don't endeavor to make mistakes. But when you make mistakes, allow yourself that space, okay, to, to have made a mistake. As a pastor, I have to do that. And the more that I learn, the more that I realize I have to do that publicly a lot. If I'm going to be a right pastor, I have to reveal my mistakes sometimes before you. Last night I was talking about being exposed. And although I'm not going to get into all the stuff I talked about last night, you'll, you'll have to go online to get that treat. But, uh, but, but you, you know, there is this idea when we come to Christ of being exposed and exposing ourselves and not exposing ourselves, you know, let's say not take this too far. But, uh, and that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about something different. But I don't want to go a different way today, amen. But, but when we expose ourselves, we feel vulnerable and naked before the Lord. In fact, one of the things my wife and I were talking about this idea of being exposed this morning, the, the idea of what I'm talking about for church purposes, <laughs> amen? Praise the Lord. I'm just trying to keep it right, but I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying, guys. I'm trying really hard here. But we were talking about this, and I just started realizing, you know, when God made Adam and Eve and put them in the garden, he put them there naked. They were exposed before them. And I really think that that shows us something. It bothered God, not because he's moved. I mean, he can, he's, you know, he's like Superman. He can see through us. He can see, you know, he, he, you know clothes aren't covering anything for him. But, you know, even when I read the, you remember those scriptures? Oh, praise the Lord. What were those scriptures? I put them in my phone, I think. Or maybe I didn't. Let's see if I found, if I can find them here. Yes. Now, let's just go turn there. Do you mind if we turn there? This isn't today's, uh, programming, but turn with me to Psalm 139. Praise God. Praise God. This Bible is just slightly harder to use. It's my new Bible. I invested in a new Bible, and I love it, but it's a little bit bigger, and it had to be not because of the words, but because I needed space to write. Amen? Or I wanted space to write. So, Psalm 139. Praise God. 139 verses, we'll start in verse 13. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Now, this is, these are amazing. You know, a lot of times, you know, God, every time a baby's being made or born or growing in the womb, you understand that God isn't coming down and sitting there with a needle and thread and like sewing things together. That's not what he's talking about here. We have to remember that the Psalms are poetic. And I don't know if you like poems. I love poems. My wife doesn't love, love poems as much as she likes prose, right? Did I say that right? She likes, she doesn't like poetry as much as I do, but I like poetry a lot. And so in po poetry, you know, there's this idea of using metaphors and being, you know, that's where we get the phrase being poetic, right? And so the po the, the, these are very poetic in nature. That doesn't mean there's not truth to them, but it means that they've given us uh, uh, an idea, right? Uh, they're expressing an idea. And so it's not that God comes down and, and purposely forms the person like he did Adam. Uh, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I love that, right? Uh, praise the Lord. How precious to, uh, to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of, uh, the sum of them. Were, were, I, uh, were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. 
And so we see this idea of God is that he is so involved in us that we are exposed to him. And that's really what this, these, this, these scriptures show us is that we are exposed before God. That there's nothing that, that about us that he doesn't understand. And so, so when, we, like, when we get frustrated by our weaknesses and we try to cover them up and, and try to just look better, you know, because that's what we do when we come to church, right? You know, you come to church in your Sunday best, right? Maybe that's clothes, but maybe that's attitude too. And you all know what I'm talking about. You got to come and you put on the smile. You got to come and you got to be in faith. You got to come and you got to look like this or look like that because God forbid anybody else look at you and see weakness or see something that's broken. But before God, we're exposed. And one of the things that I found with God is as you get closer to God, as you try to walk with God more, one of the things that he does is he brings to light those things in your life that need to be exposed. And that's not an easy process. And God knows that's not an easy process. And he doesn't look down on you because it's not an easy process. He looks at you with love and says, this is not an easy process, but I'm going to walk you through it, but you gotta trust me to do it. And see, what so many of us do is we, we like to close the doors even to God. And we might not think about that, but we do in our minds, don't we? We close the doors even to God and we're like, I don't want to touch this because I'm afraid. Instead of trusting God to say, Lord, I believe that you'll do something good with it. Yeah. You know, I'll be honest with you. When I was coming back from Kenya, one of the fears that gripped me on the entire, like, and I had some attack coming back, spiritual attack coming back. Although I didn't have as much there, I had a lot coming back. And one of the attacks that was getting me was this utter fear of having to go back. That's what, it, what was happening to me. Lord, because it, it, it came to me like this. Because I had experienced something I had never experienced. And I learned things that I never learned. And some of those truths were scary. And the thing that happened to me was, what if, and this is the thought I had, what if God calls me to do this more? What if God called me to do this full time? I don't believe he is, but what if he did? These were the thoughts I was having. And the thought that I would have to live in that, it was like that wasn't what I had idealized for my life. That wasn't what I planned as being like what I wanted. You know, I just want to, I want to do what, I, what was comfortable to me, right? Yeah. But see, I realize I had to, I've realized this because I know that I can't live any other life than to allow God to be Lord of my life. And what I mean to allow God is we, he let, re, literally gives us the opportunity to allow him to be Lord in our lives. And so I had to allow this to him and to allow this to him means that, that me, who I am, had to be broken in front of him. The, the things that resist him, they have to be broken. And we all know that when you break something, it's not, it's not, it doesn't feel good. It hurts. And, and so it isn't even about necessarily that I would have to go, but it was in your heart. Are you going to commit your heart to me to the place that if I said to you that this is what you had to do, that you would do it? And see, this is what lordship is all about. Lordship is, is walking through this life and taking those steps. And each step that we take, although they weren't perfect, each step we take brings us closer to God. And anything that hinders us from God that we reject and we push away. We want to be gods. Not gods. Like, we, oh, I'm, you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're not like gods, but we want to be gods. We want to belong to him. Yes. We want to be his. Amen? Because he's promised to be ours. I will be their God and they will be my people. Praise the Lord. What is he saying? He's saying both. There's a give and take, but, but in lordship, uh, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's yielding completely to that one. Amen? And there's so much uh, that means, I mean, there's so much in that that speaks to me and, and it's something that should speak to us in general. God wants to do great things in our lives. It's true. He has a plan and a purpose for our life. There's truth in that. But, but, but that comes at a cost. And that cost is, it has to do with us. It's a cost that only, only you can pay the cost for your life. Nobody else can come in alongside you. Jesus paid the price for you to get there. But you have to pay the price of going through. And this is what lordship is all about. Lordship is recognizing that the place that you need to be, you couldn't get there until Jesus came. But now that he came, now you have to pay the price to go into that. And again, it's a daily exercise. This isn't a, oh, I, I you know, don't look at my life and say, oh, I wouldn't want that. So I, I, I don't think I can do this because my life is different than your life. Don't look at another Christian's life, even one that you think is doing really well and saying, that's exactly what my life has to look like. I couldn't do those things. See, you don't know what you can do until God has presented them before you. So don't even worry about that stuff. But there's 
is a trust in God that we need to embrace, that we need to have. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Luke 6. <coughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Luke 6, verses 46 through 49. These are so important scriptures here, and we so often, you know, in churches we'll hear these scriptures, but I don't think do we consider these scriptures. And so if there's anything that I could ask you today is don't just read these scriptures today. Don't just hear these scriptures today. But, 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 but let these, these scriptures soak into you. And do you know that the bulk of what these scriptures are about are not going to be like what someone else tells you to do. It's going to be between you and God. It's going to be your relationship with him. Amen? Amen. Praise God says here, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. Hey, Josh, could you do me a favor and grab the, my stool for me? Uh, I will show you what they were like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck, that this torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground with a foundation without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck, the moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. And so we get this idea here. Thank you, brother. Uh, we get this idea here uh, exactly, uh, you know, kind of, you know, we know these, these, these scriptures and what Jesus was talking about. But we, we see this as um, there, there's much more to it than, than just hearing the words, like commandments and stuff like that. But it's, it, what, what he's li literally addressing is, is what God wants to do in the lives of believers. What does he want to do in your life? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do, don't do what I say? And see, that, that is such an important thing. Why do you call me Lord? And otherwise, why do you make the claim that I'm Lord of your life, but then you don't allow me to be Lord of your life? Because even after we've claimed that Jesus can be our Lord, uh, we, 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 we still have the choice to allow him to do that, don't we? I mean, did you wake up any morning since you became a Christian and really just had God... Uh, you know, appear to you every morning. If you did, it wasn't God, and you probably need to get help um, because God doesn't work that way. But if you did, you wake up every morning and, and have God telling you exactly what to do, exactly what things you were going to uh, walk out that day, what, exactly what things, you know, specifically that He wanted you and expected from you. You know, sometimes we pray and we get from God what, the direction that He wants to take us in. But, but did you, you know, most of us haven't ever woke up with that kind of thing because that's not the way that, the, way that God works. Making him Lord is, is, is looking for him in the day, looking for him to see, okay, what is my direction today? In fact, if somebody's your Lord, you're not even looking into yourself anymore for the answers. You're looking to him for the answers. You know, recently I had, uh, uh, I, I, I had some, some stuff happening and I was, uh, I was crying out, I was crying out. I was saying, I was saying, oh, why is this happening or that happening? And this is not right and it's just not fair and, and stuff like that. And I was speaking about it like from those, that, that point of view. And um, what, what the Lord showed me was this. He, and see, crying out is not an ungodly thing. If you look through the Psalms, crying out is a very faith-filled. In fact, faith will cause us to cry out. Because if something's not what we, uh, the, what we see God in it, we should cry out about it. And crying out should be emotional. There's nothing wrong with that. Crying out, there's nothing wrong with being emotional when you're crying out before the Lord. People wept before the Lord. Jesus wept before the Lord. So we understand that crying out is not an ungodly thing. <clears throat> In fact, the longest book of the Bible is full of crying out. That's the Psalms, right? But, uh, you, you know, but what the Lord showed me was this, is that I was crying out, but I wasn't crying out to him. And that was, that was eye-opening to me. And I think, man, how much in my own life do I have to correct? But if we'd be honest with ourselves, how much does that apply to your, your own life? How many times you cry out or you, you just say what's wrong, 
because of, you know, it's wrong, and maybe it's legitimately wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But the, but the truth is, you're not crying out to God, are you? You're just crying out. And what we're called to do is cry out to Him. We're called to put our eggs in His basket. If he's Lord of our life when something's wrong, then do you know lordship also, like the, 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 ideal, uh, the idea behind lordship, if you, if you uh, research it at all, you know, even on the earth, like you know, in England they would have lords and, and they were over different areas and stuff like that. But they, were, they, they had a responsibility to take care of the people. They didn't always. The same thing with kings. Kings had a responsibility to take care of the people, to make sure that they were protected, to make sure that they had enough. Now, they had to pay big prices to those things, and that's often what we hear about, but there is a truth that what the expectation was is that a righteous king would take care of the people as well. Amen? A righteous lord would take care of the people as well. Why? That's God's design. But not everybody lived that way. Not everybody was going to live righteous, but God is righteous. And so we understand that when, when, when things aren't right, we have, a, we have a place with God to cry out to him and say, Lord, it's not right. This isn't right. This just shouldn't be this way. Lord, what's happening over here? The babies are being killed or slaughtered or whatever. That people, innocent people are, are, are being wiped out. Lord, that's not right. We need to cry out for those things when we see these, these atrocities. You know, when we see that here in this, this nation, Lord, there's babies that are being you know, we, we, we need to cry out for these things. We need to plead with him. We need to stop. And see, this is one of the things that a lot of Christians have really gotten away from is this idea of crying out to God. We cry out. We complain. We get on Facebook and we tell everybody what we think. We get, we get on other social media or we tell all our friends what we think. We, we, we argue and we fight and we tell everybody what we think, but we haven't cried out to God. Because God hasn't been Lord of our lives. See, what's happened is we have allowed other things to rise up in our lives and become Lord. We've allowed our lives to be saturated with our ideas, our personalities, who we are, who we think we need to be, who th we think that we are even sometimes. Because we're Americans, we're this, we're that. And there's not, I'm a man, I'm a woman, whatever it is, you know. We, we, cry out, we cry out from these standpoints, but we don't cry out from this idea that we are gods. We belong to him. We belong to him. And so when we cry out, our cry out should be focused on him. Yes. Now that's, that doesn't mean that if you're having a hard time that you can't share it with one another because we are meant to build up one another. Yes. Amen? We're meant to stand there with, with each other. God has given us each other so that when you're weak, I can stand there and help hold your arms up. And when I'm weak, you can stand there and help hold my arms up. One of the things that I was overjoyed about is when I went through my, my, my August phase this year and, and, and was in the hospital and I, I see all these people in, in my congregations that were just, they were praying for me and, and lifting me up and I truly felt lifted up before the Lord just in the knowledge yeah. that that was happening. Yeah. And it blessed me, it moved me, it strengthened me. And it also made me look at the Lord and say, God, I'm not done yet as I laid in a hospital bed. It's not done yet. There's more for me to do. Amen. Praise God. And you understand, see, this, this, is, this is the realization that, that, that has come to me even through these things, through all the things I experienced, through the hardships I've experienced in life. One of the things that God keeps bringing me back to is the fact that no matter what happens to me, He is my Lord. Amen. He is my Redeemer. He is my, he, he is my truth. He is everything to me, and as long as he is there, the best that I know how in the moment when I know how, yeah. as long as that's the truth, then I can always move forward in him. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. John 8, 31. I want to read this to you in the NASB version because it was this one word that really stood out to me and mattered. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. It's not, he said discipleship was not based on, on the fact that you came in and you agreed to something that you signed. That's what, you know, we don't do a membership class, so to speak. You don't get a membership card here. Has anyone ever wondered why we don't do that? Maybe some of you, if you come out of other, I'm not against that. If people feel that they need to do that, that's fine. But the reason that we don't do it is because membership is, church membership is not a card that you carry. It's not a license to come in the door. You know what I mean? It doesn't get you a, a percentage off of your giving or something like that. It's not a, it doesn't get you a free reward. 
It doesn't give you a candy bar or something like that. That's not what membership does. Membership is discipleship, which is I continue with God. Amen. And when we come together, we're not, we're not coming together as Family Church Mayville. We're coming together where God has called us to continue with him in the vein he's called us. And what a beautiful thing that becomes. How many doors does that open to us? And how many bondages truly will that break off of you? And that's why I've kind of took the stance as pastoring. If people come in, I'll pastor them. If they leave, I won't. That's it. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call them out. I'm not gonna make fun of them. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm just getting away from all that. Why? Because my my job is to follow God, and if people come in for a time, leave for a time, and come back for a time, I'm okay with that too. I mean, I believe that it's important for each believer at some point to get someplace to get planted, at least for a time, until unless God moves you on and, and get there. I believe that faithfulness in church is important. But you understand that, that, that that's going to be different in the lives of believers. You know, faithfulness is never going to be what it never was. You know what I mean? Faithfulness is not going to a different church every week for the rest of your life just because you think the Holy Spirit's moving you. There's a spirit moving you, but it isn't the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's just the truth. But sometimes, especially in seasons of transitions, he may have you go to a bunch of different places. You know, there was places I went to when I first became a Christian because these were, these were places, these was a place I knew. And I was doing that. There was weeks where I was like, Lord, lead me this week and where to go because I didn't know where to go. I would go and see if I could connect and I was having issues connecting. And, and I don't believe it was all me. Um, some of it was me and probably a lot of it I could have connected. Actually, I think one pastor I could have really connected to and would have been started off uh, on, a, on a better foot early on, earlier on than I did, but I didn't. Yeah. But see, God was still good. He allowed me to connect somewhere else. Yeah. And what a wonderful thing this is about our God, amen? Praise the Lord. See, what Jesus is saying here is interesting. He's speaking to those who had believed. Those who had believed had already believed. They didn't need to believe anymore. He didn't say believe on me more. Right? He didn't say that. He didn't say believe more. You don't believe enough now, believe more. He said, no, if you continue with me. If you continue as my disciple. And the same thing goes with the Lordship. Do we continue with the Lordship? Do we continue pressing on into that? Amen? But this is really a warning to them, if you think about it. He's speaking to people that are believing. How many would say in here, if you come to this church, you, you, you probably would think that we would say that if you, if you continue to believe, you're good. That's a good thing, right? If you're believing, that's good. If you're already believing, it makes our job a lot easier. It does, because if you're already believing, well, man, we're, we're already on some same page. We can do something with this, right? I ain't got to convince you God's real. I ain't got to convince you that it's good to follow him. So you believe, I believe. We're having a big believing party, amen? A big believing, a happy believing party. Glory to God. But Jesus gives a warning to those who believe. And that's what's amazing about the scripture. And this is something that maybe, I don't know, maybe I preached it before. I feel like I never have. I feel like I never saw it before. And it doesn't matter if I did or I did. It doesn't, none of that matters, Right? It only matters that what I'm seeing right now is the truth that I need to see. And the truth that we're, we're, we're needing to see for right now is that Jesus was speaking to believers. He said, if you continue to believe, if you continue with me, because belief produces something. If you believe that God is Lord, it produces an action within you. And it also rejects things too. If you believe God is Lord, you can't just do certain things certain ways anymore because you know he's Lord. If you know that you stand, I'm going to tell you the truth. I pastor these churches in utter fear. And I'm not lying. Petrified fear. Fear that sometimes grips me and braces me so much that, 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 that I get scared, scared to the point where I've, I've cried out, Lord, just take me home. The fear of preaching and misrepresenting God, knowing that I'm going to answer to him, is something that is very, very fearful to me. And that's not a bad fear. That's what righteous fear is. When the Bible says to fear the Lord, you know, Jesus said, don't rejoice in this that you have power, but fear the one who has the power to throw you in hell. I mean, he said that, right? How does that line up with our theology? Right? It doesn't always, does it? Because God is good. We know God is good. God is loving. We know God is loving. He's nice. We know he's nice. He's the embodiment of nice. He created nice. <laughs> but God is also righteous. Yeah. And he's also just. Right. 
And as Christians, if we don't live with the, the constant reminder that God is just, then we will go out there and live as most American Christians do. We will go out there and live just as we do. And I'm not just pointing at you, I'm pointing at me too. We know that we do this. But to have a righteous fear about it, to bring ourselves into that place of realization that, yes, God is good. Yes, he saved us. Yes, he loves us. Yes, he looks at our lives and he cries for us. You know, the Holy Spirit on the inside of it, uh, it says he makes intercession for us with groanings. He groans. You know what that means? It means he groans just like Israel groaned. And that's the comparison he used. Just like Israel groaned when they were in the wilderness. Just like Israel groaned when they were in slavery. The Holy Spirit on the inside of us is groaning for our trials, for our troubles. He's groaning for our breakthrough. He's groaning and crying out for us. Aren't you glad? Amen. Sometimes we're walking around dumb and happy. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of us groaning, crying out, hallelujah. Amen. We'll only get to heaven and we'll find out surely all the places that, that his goodness and his grace saved us. And how many times we were really blessed. You know, and that's why we, when we cry out, when we think, and I find, found this is so, so helpful, as I cry out to God, God shows me things. He'll show me things about myself, but he'll show me things about my situation. And those things set me free. Amen. I find the bondages that men, because you know men will place bondages on you? God forbid I put bondages on people, but I know that I have. I know that I do. I know that if I'm not clear on something, somebody might take it some way, and that's me putting a bondage on them, even unknowingly. I don't desire to do that. But that's why, but I, I, I desire to know whether or not I do so God can correct me on that. See, the other side of that is you don't even think that you can or think that you will or you just think that you're always right. Then you'll never see that. God will never show it to you. If you're convinced you're always right, God will never show you where you're wrong. That's an interesting thing. Yeah. He isn't just going to come down and override your will. It's like you're, gonna, you're insisting on this and have it. And the Bible tells us that in Romans 1 or Romans 2, it's right around there. He says, he says, so he gave them over to a debased mind. What's a debased mind? It's not thinking godly the way God would think. And so somebody who insists on having a debased mind, he gives them over to it. Have you ever wondered about that? Wondered how somebody could do this, knowing what they know? Because they, they embrace a debased mind and he gives them over to it. He lets them have it. You want this? You want it to be like this? Have it. Amen? Praise the Lord. What he's saying is, is you want to be Lord of your life? Be Lord. That's why I want to be reminded of these things, and that's why I want to remind you of these things. Not to make you uh, live in fear, not to put you know, some kind of burden on you, but so that you look at your life and you say, Lord, I know I'm not perfect. Can I do something better? Because he will do things better in you. You know, this whole idea of asking, seeking, and knocking, oh, praise the Lord. Maybe we'll get into that. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But all those things are found in seeking. It's about seeking him. Amen? Amen. So one of the things we need to understand about all this, this is not, I got instruction once and I followed it. Oh, good me. You know what I mean? You know, it's like I kind of get a kick out of higher education because a lot of times higher education can be like this. Do you know higher education that stops at the, the degree was only partial education? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's the truth. Higher education that stops at, you know, there's some people that get a degree and now they think they're something. And that annoys us all that don't have degrees, right? <laughs> and if you have a degree, you're patting yourself on the back saying I'm something, right? But, but and I'm not making light of degrees. Degrees are important. I wish that I, had gone, I could go back in my life and make me have gotten some of the degrees that I wish I had now. And even, even this morning, I was, crying, I was kind of crying out to my wife and I said, I want to know more. I want to learn more. There's so many things I want to study out and I just don't have time to do it. There's so many different nuances in the scripture that you can study out. There's no person who can have this just down pat. We thank God for commentaries and, and, and knowledgeable people, but they can't know all of it. They're always learning. And so we should always be learning. And so you should be okay with your pastor always learning. Yeah. The, you, you know, but, but people that get to a place of having a degree and think they've got somewhere, they've, they've ended their education and there's nothing good about that. Um, there's always more truth to be had. There's more, always more understanding. Amen? So this isn't I got instruction, followed it once, and so now I'm good. This is I make it my aim to follow him every single day. Follow God every single day. Making Jesus the Lord of your life is not saying, okay, I became a Christian, now what? It's 
okay, Lord, I accepted the work that you did to get me to you. Now what? Yeah. What do you have me to do? What do you want me to do? Waking up in the morning, do you, I, I mean, honestly, I've learned to wake up in the morning and just be like, okay, Lord, you got something for me today. I don't always think about it every day like that. I'm not saying I'm perfect at that. But that's why I put a reminder on my phone just to remind me, and I respond to the reminder. Nobody else is around. It doesn't help anybody else. But I've made it, a, 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 I've kind of got myself, and you don't have to do this, but I've got myself into this habit. I have a reminder, it comes up on my phone every morning at seven o'clock in the morning. And it says, uh, look for me through your, uh, look, for, look for me in your day. And every single morning that comes up, I say to the Lord, I will look for you today. Yeah. That's just something that's helpful for me. Maybe it's helpful for you. Don't get in bondage over it. If, you, if it won't be, then don't do it. You know, maybe there's other things for you. I have to write everything down because I forget everything. In fact, I've got so many notes on my phone of great revelations that God has given me, I have no idea. Like, I forget about them. Every once in a while, I'll come back across them. And I think, is there another way I can categorize? See, this is part of my brain and how my brain works. It's so, you know, it goes all over the place. It just goes where it will. And, and I don't think that that's necessary because it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, one of the things I've learned is things that we often think as um, downfalls in humanity are actually things that God can use. You know, I, I think about this, like, God doesn't use me, and so I wish God could use me. I wish I could, I was talking with a gentleman in our Cory Church last night, and, and he said the same thing, it was on my heart, he said, I wish I could remember, memorize scripture like that, I don't do that either. I mean, I know a guy, I know of a guy, I don't know him personally, I know of a guy who just memorizes scripture, and everything that's behind it. He, he, he memorizes the history behind it. So if you sit down and have a conversation with you, he's not looking at his notes. He'll just pour out from, from inside his mind. Yeah. But the, the, the guy has other things that makes him, make him very socially awkward. Yeah. In fact, some people would consider it probably, the way this man is, would probably consider, consider him uh, what they would call on the spectrum or something like that. And yet here it's a great gifting to this man and, and in, in the way that it's used in him. And that's the thing that we have to understand. Sometimes our quirks are, what's, are the way God's going to work in us. You know, we think about these quirks, you know, modern day, even though it's not, it's not uh, uh, popular to say it, that they're, they're issues or that they're uh, disabilities, we kind of look at it still that way, don't we? Because we say, oh, well, you can't make fun of it because it's a disability, or you can't do this because you're looking down on somebody. But, but when you realize that, now I'm not saying that every flaw in humanity is, is a, a, a gift of God. I'm not making that claim either because I've got a lot of flaws that were definitely not a gift from God, amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, and sometimes we take the flaws, the, what seem like flaws, and we, we use them for the wrong thing, and they become worse flaws, right? Yeah. And that's not a gift from God either, um, the, the, what we do with it. But God uses these wonderful things in us. Amen? Yeah. Amen? But it's about following him. Turn with me to Matthew uh, 7. Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. Praise God. These are, and these, these, these are some warnings that we have to take seriously. If this doesn't scare you, I don't think anything will. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Listen to that statement. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Right? This is a reflection of what we just read. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones that do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons. Notice it, you know, the, the, the point here, and what's interesting about this is it doesn't say, uh, it doesn't say here, that who falsely prophesied in my name. Right. And it doesn't say who, who spoke about driving out demons. These people actually drove out demons, right? <clears throat> and we would think that's spiritual, uh, the mark of spirituality, to drive out demons and to, to prophesy. And in your name, perform many miracles. Not just a few miracles, but many miracles. 
Do you understand that performing miracles, which we would all, most people in any church, if you saw someone start performing miracles, legit miracles, I'm not talking about fake miracles because it doesn't say fake miracles, but I mean legit miracles. Somebody's performing them. You'd instantly go to that person and say, well, they must be godly. I'm getting dreams and visions. I must be godly. You know, like all these things, we think that we have these giftings and we must be godly because none of those things are true marks of godliness. He said, then I will say to them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Somebody who is, uh, who is truly godly is somebody who desires to be godly, yeah. to follow after God, who has truly made him Lord of their life. And, and this doesn't mean that we have to drum up things that we can't do. It doesn't mean that we have to drum up miracles or drum up casting out demons. If God leads us to do that and we become equipped to do that as we follow him, that's fine. But the question we need to ask ourselves is the, the thing that's kind of hanging over us is, is Jesus the Lord of our life? Yeah. Is he the one who's calling the shots or am I calling the shots? If you go through the bulk of your weeks just doing what you do, whatever it is, and you haven't sought the Lord, he's not your Lord. If you go through the bulk of your days, autonomous, just like a robot, he's not your Lord. If you go through your days just, 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 just you know, what, seem, like what feels good to you today, and you don't ask God, he's not your Lord. This country is full of churches that are full of people that are full of doing their own thing. That's why we have so much infighting in churches. Why don't you do the music like this? Or why don't you pray like this? Or why don't you say these things? Or why don't you preach these things? Or why don't you have this group or that group? See, that's all, that, that's all conjecture. That's all stuff that comes out of people's minds. It has nothing to do with the leading of the Lord. You know, like, like people, uh, people have said to me before different things like, you, you, you know, like they're, they're, they're not feeling it or, 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 or maybe something has changed. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's truth. But have you asked yourself why that has? You know, uh, like a lot of times I, I realize this, that there's things it was like, yeah, you know, somebody will ask me. I remember one time in particular, somebody was asking me about something or they were really complaining about something. And. I said, that's fine. That's, that you're, I was listening to them. I was like, that's, that's good. You're right. You know, you're right. You're right. And they, they were getting happy that I was saying, you're right. You're right. You're right. And finally, I said, you know what? I'm going to put you on, uh, on the list of being in charge of this thing. And it was like, whoa. <laughs> no, see, that's the thing. Sometimes we, like, we, we look around. I remember when I first came to the church, and I, I went up to, I went up to, uh, it was Pastor Brad, uh, I went up to him, he was the head usher in Jamestown at the time, and I was an usher, and I was like, you know what you should do, like the, what the church should do? He's like, what? I was like, the church should do this, 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 and this. It was some kind of event or some kind of thing. And he's like, you know, he was gracious. He was like, yeah, that's pretty good. And what I learned later is how much of a fool I was for going up. Because really, if it's something that was on my heart, maybe it was something that I should have done. Yeah. Right? See, a lot of times we think, well, this is what should happen. Okay, did you do it? Right? I mean, you think about these things. Like it, it, it's, it's, but making God the Lord of our life is not just having our own opinion and then running with that. That's why church boards can't often vote on things and do it in, in any kind of way where people don't leave mad at each other and hating each other. How can Christians that have been called under the name of Christ through the blood of Christ, been redeemed just the same. You've been redeemed from your sin. I've been redeemed from my sin. How can we look at each other and hate each other? How can, how, how can we do this? It's because Jesus is not Lord of that area of our life. Until we say, Lord, I yield it to you. I give it to you. Our troubles, if we would be honest, our trials and our troubles that we have. Now listen, this doesn't mean that there's, there's never reason to be mad at anybody. This doesn't mean that you're never justified if someone has hurt you or things like that. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you're not getting fed, that you just, you know, that you just sit there and, you know, none of these things. You understand, I'm not giving it a way out or advocating bad leadership or, 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 uh, or, or, or bad people. I'm not doing that. You understand. 
But do we look, do we really look at ourselves and say, as much as it's up to me, am I doing as much as I can? Amen? Amen. You know, recently I had a special meeting. And in that meeting, I, 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 I was, it, it was kind of an intense meeting. I'll just say it like this. It was kind of, it was, I knew it was going to be an intense meeting. And the way that I approached it was like this. I approached it like, you know what? I'm going to do certain things that, that pleases them. And because it pleases them, that's why I was going to do it. Not wrong things. You understand. I wasn't compromising my faith or anything like that. But I de decided to yield myself in, in that way. And you know what I saw? I saw the Lord work through that meeting yeah. and bring peace and healing to a situation that I thought was going to be destroyed. Yeah. That's what I saw. It was amazing to me. It doesn't change the direction I'm going because we're in a direction that we're going and we know that it's God. And that direction may not look the same as what everybody else around me is doing. But we know that it's God and we're okay with that. And because I know it's God and I'm okay with it, that's why I'm okay with whoever wants to come along, then that must be God for them and they're going along with it. And if they don't, that must be okay for them. You, you understand? That's, that's why I'm taking this approach because I'm starting to realize that God is the Lord of my life. If he brings 10 people in or if he brings 110 people in, it doesn't matter to me. And so whatever God has for me to do. But what that was is, and I, and I was speaking to my friend about, uh, another friend about this, and I was like, you know, I just felt led to do this. And I actually thought that friend might say, eh, you know, whatever. But you know what the friend actually said? He said, isn't that washing feet? I was like, you know, brother, that's exactly what it was. As much as it was up to me, it didn't matter. As much it was, because it was not a thing for me, but I knew that it meant something to them. And because I did that, I washed the feet of another. And because of that, the Holy Spirit could work on the situation in a miraculous way. You know, and I say these things because, you know, these, these are steps. Now, for everything I've done like that good, like that was one good thing, I've done a million bad things and I've mucked it up a million times and that's why the Holy Spirit is patient. You know, he's patient and he's still working in me to get things done. So even everything I say today, I don't think is necessarily I'm going to come back later and say, oh, I might come back on that. You know what I mean? I might, I might see some things as different a little bit later on. But the point that I'm trying to make is we have to constantly consider, is Jesus Lord of our lives? You know, um, uh, there's so many examples I could use. But we see the, the foundation principles of this in all that he's asking. And see, Jesus wasn't just saying this one thing. He said this in relation to a lot of other things. Amen? Actually, in, verse, in chapter 7, if you just go back to verse 3, he says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? You know, and this is, you could really say that this is in conjunction with, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? In other words, why do you just judge other people? There's nothing wrong with judging something. You understand, if something's wrong, it's wrong. And you can judge that, right? But there's a difference between judging it. I say it like this. I said it in this week's Faith Fix I wrote. Um, I said it like this. The, um, uh, it's, it doesn't give us license to be critical, but that doesn't mean that we don't have the license to think critically. You know, and, and that's the idea of, you, you know what I mean? Look at something critically. Say, this isn't working. You know, and sometimes if something isn't working and you believe that it's God and you know that you have to, you maybe have to separate, you may have to do something a little bit differently. There's nothing wrong with that as long as it's done in peace and done right. In fact, I had a situation recently that the Lord taught me again through. It was another situation. I was going to do something and I knew on one day if I did it that I would be doing it completely out of the flesh because I was mad. The second day I did it because I was completely freed. My wife had spoken to me and told me where I was wrong. Thank God for a godly wife. And, and she did. And she told me I was wrong. And I was. And the Lord had been dealing with me on it anyways. But then when she said it, it just brought it out into the open. Exposed it. Right? Amen. And then she, let, she, walked, she actually walked away. She said what she had to say. And then she actually walked away from me. And let me digest it for a little while. It was precious. It was really precious. You know? And I did, and I was sitting there at first, I'm sitting there, in a, I think I was in a rocking chair, I was in a rocking chair, right? I was sitting in a rocking chair, and I was going, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, and God, God uh, and, and the Lord was reminding me the whole time, didn't I just say that to you an hour ago? I mean, using the exact same words. You know, sometimes when the same words are used, and you're like, well, that's spot on, that's what it was. You know, praise God. Uh, but but the, the second day I felt completely justified and did it, and I was, and I felt free. Yeah. See, it was a bondage that somebody else would put on me 
but because of the way that, I, which is never right, right? It's not right to put bondages on people, but it was a bondage somebody else put on me, but because I was coming at it like crit, uh, critically and, uh, uh, and, and just like mad and angry and all the emotions, I was wrong. But the very next day, because I got it right, because the Lord used my wife to rebuke me, amen, the very next day I was, I was completely justified in it and I felt a freedom in my spirit that I never felt before. You see, this is, this is the truth about God, is that God, uh, he, he's not just after our actions, he's after why our actions. Because why our actions exhibit his heart or our heart. His heart is not divisive. His heart is peace and unity. And you can have peace and unity even being separated. Did you know that? We don't have to agree on everything as Americans or as whatever in, in, in this church or anywhere. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. How will you know if you're somebody that will stand before the Lord and he'll say, depart from me, I didn't know you. You have to ask yourself, what is your life full on? What's filled my life? What is the bulk of what's going on in my life? And that's something that each one of us are going to answer differently. Every day we might answer that question differently. I hate those personality tests. I never can do them. And you know why? Because depending on how I'm feeling that day, I answer them differently every time. And so I don't think there's any accuracy. In fact, the only time that I felt it was accurate is I took the personality test by giving it to my wife and say, you fill in the blanks. And she did, huh? For me. And she filled, when we figured out exactly what I was... Amen. But you, but you realize I couldn't see it myself because every day I feel differently. You know what I mean? Man, you, you know, I, I, I like this, you know, like we, we had this joke with this, this ministry couple one time. We were talking about these different moves of the Spirit and stuff. And, and somebody made the joke. They were saying, ah, it wasn't a move of the Spirit. It was just gas. You know, sometimes we're like, we're so motivated by our flesh, you know, and sometimes it's just like, you know, you have something happen and you feel feels and you think, oh, this has got to be God. And then you read in the word and you're like, well, maybe it wasn't God because the word seems to go completely against this. And you say, but no, I felt it. So I must go with it. See, that's not making Jesus Lord of your life either. And sometimes the things that we're dealing with are just gas. It's just an upset stomach had too much pizza, had too much Pepsi, you know, those, those, those kinds of things. If you ever notice that, I don't know why pizza gives you crazy dreams, but it does, right? So, so if you ate pizza the night before, you can pretty much guarantee that anything comes through your mind in the middle of the night was not God. Do you know what I found this? I found this to be true. This will help you, but I found this to be true as well. As you, as you fill yourself in your day, what you listen to, what you look at. You know, I'm not saying it's wrong to look at anything or listen to anything. And you choose, you know, you, 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 in your own conscience, you put before the Lord and you decide what's right. I'm not going to tell you what's right to watch or what's wrong to watch or listen to or anything like that. But one of the things I notice is this. In my own life, I learned some things were wrong just because of what happened to me in the night after I spent an evening partaking of it. And I realized, I'm like, man, I didn't wake up refreshed. I didn't wake up happy. I woke up kind of on edge. And I woke up, you know what I mean? And it's just like, I notice that in the news. If I watch the news too much, if I pay too much attention to the news, what happens? I start getting newsy. You know what I mean? The same stuff that they put out, it's the same stuff I start putting out. And it's not good. And I don't feel right. I get frustrated. I get mad. And I'm not, it's good to pay attention to things. I've been paying a little more attention lately because I just want to see what's going on. It's in part to help me pray right, right? Amen. Glory to God. But um, praise the Lord. The fact that we have a church, serve in church, or go to church does not make us right. It's not an excuse not to have a church not to go to church or to serve in a church, but that's not what makes us right. Yeah. What, we do, what do we do with that? Yeah. You know, do, is, is God our Lord? You know, you can serve looking like you're serving God and not even serving God. Yes. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. How do, how do I know that? Because you can serve and have serious enmity against somebody else or serious be at odds with somebody else, like a brother or sister in Christ. And even though you serve, you're not serving unto the Lord. You're not, because what you're doing is you're saying, I will do the works to make it look good, but at the same time, I'm not willing to do the works that Jesus called me to. Amen? And, and I understand, it's not always easy, right? Praise the Lord, but we take steps in this. Um, how you're standing in a storm is a good indicator to what your foundation is. 
see, these people that, that Jesus claimed that he didn't know away from him, to call them to go away from him, these people were relying on their works, not his works. They were relying on what they did, not what he was doing. And that's a major, major thing. How many people have you ever heard say, just in life, well, I'm a good person, yeah. right? I'll be okay because I'm a good person. And that sounds good. And a lot of times people say that and they're pretty decent people. You know, I'm not discounting that. But do you know what that is? That's called self-reliance. Yes. That, that, that means that I'm, I'm my own Lord because I'm pretty good. I don't need something else. A lot of people say that to us. Well, I don't know if I need God. I'm pretty good. I can, you know, if there's a heaven, I'll get there, I'm sure. That's self-reliance. That's reliance on yourself. You can't get there by yourself. Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, so good works do not make us righteous. Who our Lord is, does. Amen? And I'm going to close with this scripture. It's Matthew 6, 33. It says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is your Lord when his kingdom is your focus. And as we live, leave here today, as we go out there and fellowship today, please enjoy fellowship together. But let, let's not forget this. Let's, let's think about, Lord, where, where are you at in my life? Where have I allowed you to infiltrate my life? And, and, and look for areas. And don't, don't like just strum up bad things, but, but look, look for areas in your life. Say, Lord, show me areas in my life that you want to work in right now. And if you will just live a daily practice of that, it won't be laborious to do it. He will come meet you. And he will gracefully show you. And he will open a door into this, this, this kind of dark closet where a bunch of garbage is. And he'll help you clean it out. And it'll be step by step. It'll be easy. It won't be something you're saying, oh, I'll never get there. But you've got to be willing to seek him for that, that exposure. Amen? Praise the Lord.